always forget it does that man. It stresses me out anyway hey what's up everybody welcome to another episode of bench units my name is mark as it typically is i'm joined today by the only two groomsmen i actually wanted but family politics dictate otherwise as always one of them is james and the other one the man we are now retroactively calling red velvet is amiab albacetti's ben fox head of bench units gaming division whatever we want to call it how's it going ben you made it sound like uh, something out of Men in Black then. Gaming division. Gaming division. <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. Uh, things, yeah. I'm all right, mate. I'm I'm currently very bored out of my mind, but I'm okay. Only four more days to go until freedom. So just to catch people up, you guys have both flown back um, kind of UK side. James has managed to nab a few days at home in Belfast. Yeah, and you're in a hotel room. I don't know where, but somewhere. We're in a hotel room, in an undisclosed location. <laughs> Shall not be doing. No, wait. Yeah, well, because you're not disclosing it. <laughs> no, we just uh, Lee and I had uh, nowhere to go in England, so we we are in a hotel room for five days, and then we get to come out. Heavy. So this is a first for bench units because we've actually got Lee sitting in on the call, seeing as he's your roommate. So he's being treated to a live podcast. Um, he's but... not. He's not even here. He's just got it on. <laughs> the whole oh, he's was... got his head, he's got his headphones on. He's just not. His desk. <laughs> <That's so> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which that is one. even weirder that he's got a lead on the bed while listening to us all talk. Yeah, that's very troubling. Anyway, if we ever get short of content, we'll throw to Lee, who is just kind of lurking in the background. So hang on, I'm halfway through making a coffee. <laughs> God, man! Oh my God! Late to get started. Oh, we're gonna. Have to hey, edit. can I just say? No, you lot, right? Whoever's listening to this, all four of you, they're giving me a bit of stick for not being ready. I haven't said it's anything. Current, it's currently quarter past five, and we were meant to start at half past twelve. Yeah, you've been asleep. Ah, <laughs> And I, I will tell you why this was delayed after the podcast, but like something actually bad happened. For anyone listening, don't worry, everything's fine. I'm getting sorted, but I wasn't just like. Well, now nah, you have to edit it out room. because now I look like a. Dick. <laughs> ah, <laughs> You're gonna have to edit it now. Well, oh this... God, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this no, is it's all a shambles. We'll leave this bit in. This will make a good thing for the soundbite. Um. Uh, anyway. Let's get to it before this gets off the rails further. Anyway, before we continue, have you all watched the new YouTube video? I have, because you sent it to me to watch before I but that has an impact on our YouTube, our YouTube figures, so I should go back and watch it on YouTube. James? Yes. Good. I will continue this podcast. Thanks, I'm man. contractually obliged to continue. You shouldn't have. No, you're not. You can do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we should actually get going, shouldn't we? Okay, so first things first, we're chatting to you. You are in your hotel room. You've just come back from the end of your first season in Albacete, which finished with a win of the Copa del Rey. Spoiler alert for anybody listening. Lee also predicted the bracket scarily accurately when we went through it with him last week. So nice going, Lee. Um, So Ben, do you want to take a couple of minutes, talk us through kind of what your impressions of your first year at Albacete were and what was it like to win the Copa del Rey for the first time of anyone 
not being a loony and winning it in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, I mean where we we literally just finished a game and Ali came over to me and was like, this is my 14th one in a row. I was like, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Is <laughs> he the secret to the Copa del Rey? Is that what it is? Yeah, he did say like, uh, bloody hell, wherever I go, this thing keeps following me. <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe you should leave Spain because I don't think they have Copa del Rey in Switzerland. If you want to go play there. Um, but no, Alba City is cool, man. It was a, a fun year. Um, a very strange year. Uh, and like, all, all it came down to was literally three games where we lost on buzzer beaters, which sucks. Shout out to the area. Not buzzer beaters, but um, go ahead, baskets. Uh, which is annoying to lose a league like that, but. We uh, pulled our finger out our ass and got it together for Copa del Rey, which it's always nice to end on a victory. And the way we did it as well, we were pretty dominant throughout the whole weekend. So, yeah, it was happy. A success all in all. Um, and yeah. Yeah, you guys played awesome, man. Your Copa del Rey stats combined across your main guys were crazy. And I think both games that you played... Um, Lunel and Bilbao, you were at like mid 80s points wise, which is some going <laughs> against those teams. Yeah, I think um, we always felt good offensively going into it. Um, we knew we were going to have to play defense um, to get the win. I think like it was Thursday, I think we finished our last team session before Copa del Rey, and I think we played like a, a scrimmage for 40 minutes. And the score was something like 115, 112. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just like, oh, okay, we've got no problem scoring. You, you hadn't been uh, working on your defense then. Yeah, like it was, it wasn't like everyone was just on fire. Like everyone was feeling good. And I think that just helped carry it into the weekend. Um, but yeah, we just, I don't know. I don't really know what happened. We just kind of were like, oh, we've actually got 10 very good wheelchair basketball players. We should probably start trying to play together. <laughs> you saying you don't really know what happened really, really puts a dampener on my next question, which was going to be, what do you think the difference was? Because like you guys were just, you guys beat the brakes off everyone all weekend. Like it's like not one minute for your guys' games. We're like, ah, these guys might be in trouble. Like from the first second of the first game, I was like, ah, okay. Yeah, it's weird because against Vigo, we felt, we didn't really come away with it with a great feeling. Um, last time we played him, well, last two times we played him, we've blown him out by like 20. I think we only won by like just over 10, maybe. Yeah, I think you had them low, um, low teens, didn't you? So we, we didn't have like the best of, like, it still felt good. We still won. We got the job done, managed to rotate, but we weren't like ecstatic. Um, but yeah, just against Illunion and Bilbao, we just. I don't know. The guys were just insane. The starters who started both games like were just like, I don't know, Bilbao didn't, I just don't think Bilbao expected it at all. Yeah. Um, no. I don't know to this day why they did start four big. <laughs> to the, to this day. It was like four days ago. <laughs> Come on. Well, I have no idea why they didn't start four big. Um, I was surprised that they did against everyone. Like, because they started four big against us, and I was like, 
obviously their size causes us problems, but like they're way less mobile. So when I saw the four big, I was like, as long as we, because our priority was just like nothing inside, like Asier gets, as like he might get a bit of his own stuff, but like we're going to try and give them as little as possible of the easy, easy stuff inside. And if we do that, I think we, I thought we were going to be pretty good against the four bigs. I was really surprised because I thought their guard lineup was going to give us a lot of trouble, but we barely saw it and it was the complete opposite, but wasn't enough for us. But I don't know. You guys speak into some of your other teammates as well. Like you guys did pretty well against, against their guard lineups in the league as well, didn't you? Like it was the bigs that gave you trouble. Yeah, we, it's, it was always the four bigs that gave us trouble. Hey, if only you had a good big man defender, perhaps uh, in the hotel room with you who's listening in. Stay on Ouch. mute. Ouch. <laughs> uh, we got him. <laughs> I still don't know who you're on about. I'm going to uh, edit that out. <laughs> um, yeah, like, the two guard, like, there's two guard lineups, still a good lineup. Um, yeah. But it's like any guard lineup, you rely on you guys to hit the shots. For example, you look at Illudian's two guard lineup with Greg and Jake. And if they're firing, then it's almost unstoppable like well, where do you help from yeah um so yeah it was just for big struggle because we we i don't know i've it took us a couple of couple of tries to figure out how to stop that four big and how to stop the um how to stop the transition uh because they run the man out so well it's just what they do um, yeah the man out thing is lethal but um, to be fair there's some logic into them starting the two guards because uh, Geordie smoked us at Eurocup, man. He was, he played really well. Yeah, um, and he was like the key to their win against us at Eurocup. So I can see some logic, and maybe they tried to reverse psychology and be like, "Ah, oh, we're gonna we're gonna start our guards because they would have been prepping for our four big a week." Yeah, the um, one the one step ahead coaching mentality that goes yeah like, and, massively in your favor or massively backfires. I think. Yeah, where you overthink it, and actually we've just yeah. been, you know, like. Well, we didn't focus on anyone. We focused on ourselves. Yeah. Um, and that's no disrespect to any other team. It's just we thought that was the best thing to do for our team was to just fully go all in on ourselves. And sure. Uh, so, so for you individually, because this is you mentioned the Euro Cup game a second ago. Um, this is one that was interesting to me because you played Bilbao at Euro Cup in your first game, right, to make it through the... It was the quarterfinal game, I guess, because there's only eight teams. We didn't make it through to anywhere, fella. No, I know, but you played them. <laughs> <Hotel. laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to me because you obviously played them when they didn't have the benefit of their junior point for uh, Manu. Mm-hmm. And you yourself actually had, when you went in against them because someone who's definitely not listening in on this call fouled out. Um, Come on, man. Again. You, you, <laughs> you, you went in, you had a tough time against their size individually with some finishes and stuff. Um, but then you had, when you came in in kind of the second half of this game at the Copa del Rey, you had yourself a great half. I think you shot four from five. You had yourself a good second half against them and you'd struggled against them at Copa del Rey. So what do you think the difference was for you individually? I guess I was less nervous, which is weird because... Yeah, Copa del Rey doesn't seem very important. Yeah, and uh, to tell you, it was like, it was pretty packed in there. There was a lot of people there. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was like the most uncomfortable I've felt in a crowd 
the atmosphere was kind of it was pretty like shout out to everyone who watched it was it was it was like good like, good is such a bad word to use like <laughs> it was it was really really good uh no it was like awesome to be okay. part of uh, i guess we just i in my individual sessions i went away with lee and he gave me some pointers of how to be bigger than what i am and just a bit more about chair positioning and if my chair position is good it doesn't matter how big the defender is they can't get the ball because um, you can't jump in with wow I say you can't jump in wheelchair basketball people still stand on the floor um, but that didn't matter either <laughs> uh, um, you, said you can't mention the guy standing on the floor because I tried to post that video from the bench unit's account and James made me take it down <laughs> oh, well. we're not here to fire shots at people we're here to spread positivity and uh, yeah, whatever else. I just I'm I'm so non confrontational. I don't want to, any of the smoke. Here to spread positivity, but one of the founders of bench units is Mark Schofield, the most, <laughs> the most negative, sarcastic man hey, I have ever met in my life. I like to think of myself as neutral. <laughs> yeah, so, it's not Mark's fault. Everything's actually bad if you look at it. <laughs> um yeah, thanks for taking us through that anyway. That Obviously, it's like a massive accomplishment for you guys, and it's been pretty cool. We obviously had Lee on this time last week, right before Copter Raid tipped, and then having you guys on this week, it's cool to hear both sides of it for sure. Yeah, man, it was like we just kind of changed the way we. I know I changed the way I went into games. Um, just went in being confident, knew that we'd done all the work that we could. Um, I think a big moment for me was hitting that wing shot where in, Cop- in uh, Euro Cup, sorry, I airballed it, which was a crucial point. And then this time I hit it. Um, and then from there, we just, it was sick, man. The whole team just came together for that one tournament. Sure. Um, I say that one, not like we worked together before, but like we all just really bought into what each other needed from each other. Yeah. Peaked uh, at the right time. Yeah. And kind of showed the league that that's how we were meant to play the whole season. And we didn't have a bad season. Like you guys you know, were right there. Um I mean, it's a sign of a good team when you only win one trophy and you're like, oh, we had a bad season. Uh, yeah. We should have won more. You know what I mean? So we're in the right place. We know what we're doing. Um fingers crossed it all works out. So I'm there again next year and we go again and see what happens. Work it now. Work. Think. Looking at the difference between your first game against Bilbao and the second game, you saying that it was confidence really, really sticks out to me because you came in in Germany and it was like some good stuff, some bad stuff, some good, some bad. And you never really got like a, okay, we're into it. We're feeling good. Yeah. It looked like, but within 15 seconds of you being on the floor, you did the most Ben, like, you had the most Ben bit of productivity in the world where you were like, I'm having this rebound and I'm going to get fouled. So like straight in, you made the contribution. And then from there, I sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on, finish. finish. I was just going to, I was just, I was just going to compliment you. I was going to say, it was a very, very cool Ben inside out game where it was like, get inside, grab a rebound, get fouled, post ACR up, finish off, hit a bank shot. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of, you came yeah. in, it was, you had to come in for Lee, which was obviously you went to point under. It was a weird role to try and fill because you're a foot smaller than him. But it was like I think that's the difference. I think like 
Huh? I think the whole season, I was never a sub for Lee. Like, that's just not a sub you make. Why would you ever go a point under? No. Unless you have a point to bring on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so when it happened in EuroCup, it was just like uh, a mistake. <laughs> Lee's currently spitting his coffee out out of the window. Um, I hate this. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's COVID protocol. You can't spit drink out when you're in quarantine. Oh my um, days. <laughs> no, but anyway, like, as it's not. So I was like a rabbit in the headlights at EuroCup. I was like, and I came on, and the mistake I made was I tried to be Lee when I came on. Um, and I wasn't like, do you know what I mean? I should have just been like, nah, I'll just play my game and see what happens. And, um, yeah. and credit to the team, they put full confidence in myself, but we all put confidence in each other and we knew exactly what we were doing and we knew the rotations we were going to do. We had a game plan for everything. Like if this happens, yeah. we're going to go to this. If the, you know, Kyle got in foul trouble too and Harry came on and played incredible minutes. Oh yeah. Um, there was a time in that, like, Credit to the starters because they were up by 15 at the time and what an amazing job they did. Like, I think an underrated performance was Fran. He was incredible throughout the whole tournament. Oscar as well bought good minutes. Yeah. Um, but there was, a, there was a moment where we had Kyle, Lee and Fran all sat on the bench. Yeah. Um, and we still kept the, the score above 10. All right, we were minus five at the time. But to yeah. keep it above 10, is it's, it's what we needed to do. Um, oh, yeah. I was... So, um, a full credit to Gaz because he was I mean that's the best three games of basketball I've ever seen him play. Oh yeah, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, he yeah, was absolutely. like fully deserved the MVP of the uh of the final. Fully deserves it. Like fair play to him. Um good on him. Well, Long yeah. may it continue. Bucket buckets. Yeah. I was gonna ask you about Oscar actually because one of my um one of my, one of my favorite little nuggets of the whole Spanish league thing is because he he comes off your bench so often, doesn't he? And I think most people see kind of the extent of the disability and they're like, oh, we can go at this guy. And at some point in every game, I think it was Hasso in the final, where it's like, hey, just isolate me on this guy and I'll get him. And it's like two kind of half pushes to get going. And then it's like you run into a brick wall because he's so like, his center of gravity is so low and he's so strong, but it, get, it gets somebody every game, and they're just like, "What did I just run into?" So, like, I, know, like I said it earlier, like I was on Instagram live with Terry. We were just Terry was being Terry, and I was having a joke with him because uh, uh, Terry's in the same hotel as us at the moment. Oh, um, so we're all quarantined together, but not obviously together. And it, uh, someone mentioned like who's going to win the under 22 Europeans and I said well Spain because England well, G- I would choose GB if they were there but they're not so oh yeah um, Spain's stacked so Spain they're stacked and someone mentioned Oscar and I was like the kid literally shoots three pointers and bag shots better than me but, <laughs> but he can't open a can of Red Bull <laughs> God, can like... you imagine his chair defense if he could open Red Bull <laughs> Mate, I was just thinking that's like a really funny thing but you joke Someone who looks like he drinks Red Bull like it's going <laughs> you joke he, he has like monster like on tap uh, like, kind of explains his chair skills bro we were going to Badajoz we left on Friday we left on Friday at midday by 3pm on Friday he's drinking a monster on the bus we're like bro what are you doing we're going to a hotel to sleep he's like ah I like Monster. Oh, okay. The guy's okay, like bro. 40 minutes later being like, hey, can we stop the bus? I need to pee. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Why did no one tell me this was going to happen? But yeah. no, he's, um, he will most definitely be the best 
one and a half in the world uh, yeah. by the time he's 25. Yeah. Because he's about funny. 14 now, or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In 15 years when he's 25. No, but like, this is probably the only conversation we're going to have about the under 22 Europeans. But like, look at the team Spain has. They can start Oscar, Manu, Pincho. Is, Raul, Pincho, is Pincho in that age bracket? That is ridiculous. He seems to be around so. forever. He's to Spanish Christie. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, yeah, and the other forward from Zuzanek, the young guy. Yeah, uh, they just got a stacked team. Yeah, that's that's like the NBA stuff when guys come in the draft and the European guys have an advantage because they've been playing in a professional league for the last five years, and it's like Spain are going to roll out a junior team who are all on pro contracts. Yeah, that's yeah. No, they actually can. Yeah, jeez. That's I crazy. mean, maybe Turkey have a good team because they were pretty good when. When I was in the juniors, well, yeah. Turkey have a good junior team on account of all their juniors being thirty-five. Well, that's being edited out. <laughs> nah, it's fine. It's only a joke. I I was talking to Raúl R two point five from Gran Canaria about who's going to win. I was like, you guys have to be like expecting to win it. Like you guys have to put that expectation on yourselves. But the thing is, Turkey will have a four or five that can shoot threes. Yeah. And a load of players that can pick and roll. Like they'll just get old. they'll just get a fresh one from the factory. Yeah. They'll yeah. just like yeah, they'll just put the action man together and pick <laughs> and just like a Mr. Potato Head Gerbalak clone. As long as it's classifiable. Yeah. I think um it's interesting this has come around for Spain because one of the first junior when I was like first aware that the international tournaments were going on was when Harry went to one of the under-22 Europeans, and I think Lee will have been there as well. Um, but it was the time when year when Spain won and they won every game by an average of 50, and that was the point where it was like Jordi Ruiz, both the twins, Amadou possibly, and those guys were all like in their last year of juniors, so they were all like grown adults effectively yeah. playing together in a junior tournament. <laughs> it's just like when it breaks right for you like that, there's very little the junior setup can do to account for it because it just works out for some guys. So it's interesting that's happening to Spain again, like 12, yeah. 13 years later. Yeah, I think the thing with like under 22 and under 23 is like a golden generation can really come along and have the benefit of another country's golden generation being half a year too old and just yeah. not counting anymore. Like, yeah. like you're in a place where you've got a load of 21, 22 year olds on this other national team. That's normally good is starting again with the 18, 17, 16 yeah. year olds. Like it's just like, it can just kind of end up in your favor randomly, but yeah. It's, yeah. Hey, well, that's a really, really good team, man. I'd be interested to see like, I'm not going to watch much of it, but I'll probably like as long as they make the final, I'll probably stick the final on and see. Yeah, what sort of definitely. stuff they end up doing. Wicked. Shall we shift to some NBA stuff because we have the UK's uh, foremost Dallas Mavericks fan around to do a eulogy for us? I'm not happy, Bunny mate. <laughs> All right, Ben. Can you sum up the season for us? Very, very um, into the weeds. I don't know. I don't know. My hot take from it is Luka Doncic clearly doesn't want to play with another superstar. Well, he doesn't have he doesn't have one. So that's okay. But Kevin Kevin Porzingis is meant to be the superstar, right? But 
Like Kevin Porzingis isn't bad at basketball. He's Chris a good basketball. Uh, I call him Kevin, mate. Uh, <laughs> it's a long-running oh, joke from. Uh, I think my is that Mark and I know. I've never heard you use that. Oh no, before. it's Carlos. Carlos. Okay, right. I always call him Kevin, and Carl's always like it's Chris Stubbs. No, it's Kevin. Okay. Um, anyway, KP. We'll call him KP for the so James James doesn't keep burning while I'm on my run. Okay, uh, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> He clearly doesn't want to play with another superstar. He clearly doesn't trust. I mean, trust is maybe a harsh word. He clearly wants the ball in his hands for 22 and a half seconds and then bail it out to Tim Hardaway if he needs to. But he's never going to win a championship unless he learns to play with another superstar. Yeah. Because tell me the last championship team who didn't at least have two superstars on their team. Bizarrely, it was probably Dallas 10 years ago, the Dirk here. Probably. Uh, I can't think. Like, he doesn't want to play with another superstar, but he's. I think he'd rather. He's going to break records if he carries on the way he is. Oh, yeah. And he'll probably be the best point guard probably to ever play if he carries on the way he is. Because he is ridiculous. But I don't know if he's ever going to win a title the way it's going. Do you think there's potential that the Luca thing turns into the way James Harden, they tried to get him different teammates every couple of years and everyone played with him for, like Dwight Howard for a couple of years, Chris Paul for a couple of years, Westbrook for a year, and they all did their stint with Harden and was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not on board with standing around while this guy does it. I don't know because they're, they're all superstars. Yeah. Like, who do Dallas realistically go for? Um... My Dallas thing is they... Bradley Beal? Maybe? My Dallas pick was always to wait for the Celtics to cap out and then to try and nab Jalen Brown because I think he's the best Luka compliment there is anywhere. But I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. The Beal thing might be interesting. I pitched you the idea the other day of a um, CJ McCollum for Chris Dapp's trade because they're the two most common trade candidates since both their th- teams got eliminated. That'd be fun. I, I mean, the only other thing you do is give him a really, really good big guy and then just give him a load of shooters. Yeah, I think that might be the model. I think <laughs> who's the guy you always tell me you want the Mavs to get because we only get about five minutes into the conversation before you bring this guy up. Uh, bam correct <laughs> every time like, this could work for Mavs this could work for Dallas what do you think to this he's like I want Bam it's like okay cool yeah Glad if we get Bam and maybe well, I don't know. bro if we just got Giannis <laughs> oh, that's, that's like out there is a thing that might happen but I just don't I don't know there's a weird thing of like if he was unbelievable in this playoffs and got bounced and he could look around at the rest of his team and be like these Bozos are the reason I'm out, but like it's hard to be like I want to move team because we haven't done anything when you've been absolutely one of the reasons you're not. <laughs> he shot more threes than any one of his teammates last night. Like, come on, man. you know? Can you imagine? Though, like, yeah, that last night's game was weird, man. Like, yeah. both teams only scored eighty. That was weird. Eighty-three. Uh, like, can you? <laughs> Can you imagine the rage levels of Doncic when he's watching Giannis take 10 <laughs> seconds at the free throw line? Like, bro, give me the ball. <laughs> it's weird. Like, Doncic is a terrible free throw shooter or has been in the playoffs and this year. Like, that's a really strange one to me because he's like a pretty good shooter from anywhere else. But that's kind of, that's a bit of a red flag. That's kind of scary. Yeah. I, 
I don't know. I don't think was, that's a real thing, though. Like, I don't think that's an issue. Like, I don't think he's going to be a 60% free three shooter next year or anything. No, I know. Does Doncic playing well make Dallas better? Um, I would argue yes, because their ceiling, if he doesn't play well, isn't very high. But I, yeah. I think there's he's at a point where he's so good and so ball dominant now. And we've framed this in a lot of negativity because I know you, um, you tend to swing on the emotional pendulum when Dallas are doing well or badly. But like the two games <laughs> that Dallas won to open the series, Doncic was ridiculous. Like, well, you you back me. I told you it's not over because I know what we're like. <laughs> yeah. I told you it's not over because I don't trust my team is a weird sense. Yeah. I don't know, uh, like there's no like there's no question like Luca's a top five, seven, seven yeah. player in the NBA already. Like that's I, I think it's a case of just even like there's a thing of like even if you surround someone like that with the type of players that you should, it's not objectively the right answer until you're looking at it retroactively and they've already won something like it's only like you have to just follow like it's a good theory to get him like a good center and some shooters around him like and whether it actually works out or not like the clippers are built really well but they're not going to win it this year like it's you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't think you can go, this is the right answer. I think you can go, hey, if I got him, if I got him Yanis, Norman Powell, and two other people, could we figure it out? You're like, ah, maybe. The Norman Powell other, thing's a good one, man. He, the only other uh, is Kawhi. I think that's a sleeper, you know. Why I not think... get Kawhi and be like, Kawhi, don't you just going to run our offense, but you are just lock people down. I think that's an interesting one because when uh, the Clippers flamed out last year, um, one of the things Kawhi apparently brought up was he's never been on a team that doesn't have a real table-setting point guard before because he had like Tony Parker for years and then Kyle Lowry. And then the Clippers Clippers gave him Pat Bev. Yeah, (laughs) and then they signed Rondo, who in game one of the second round of the playoffs played 28 minutes and in game two played zero minutes. (laughs) So... (laughs) Starting to figure uh-huh. that maybe Rondo is like setting the table, but it might not be worth it. <laughs> setting the table, but the table's in the wrong place. Yeah, setting the table, but the dinner's cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, Set the right. table, but you're going out for tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, last Mavs point, then we'll get into some more general NBA stuff quickly afterwards. We are an, a vehement Tim pro Tim Hardaway podcast. Do you have any words for Tim Hardaway, who is a free agent coming up? Um, I hope he signs. I'm just quickly, sorry, I'm just quickly Googling Tim Hardaway. I just really want to remember who he is. I really wanted to be like, yeah, I have some messages for him. Get out of here, you fraud. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I hope he stays. Um, He's awesome, man. He kept us in so many games this year that we should have lost. He's overtaxed as being your second best creator, but if he's your third guy, that's pretty nuts. How old is he? Late twenties, I think. Oh look, he is uh, twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Yeah. The late, the latest of the twenties. Yes, Thanks. that is that is late twenties. Bang on. Uh, 
I'd keep him around, man. I, I don't know what it is about him. I just love watching him play. And I think I've spoken to you about this, Ben. I don't know if I've ever got around to talking to James about it because James has been pretty busy. But two of my favorite Hardaway moments were during the Clippers series. And he did the same thing with both Luca and Porzingis, where those guys were like, uh, shot fake, half a dribble to my left. No, not going anywhere. Uh, shot fake, not going anywhere. Hand the ball off to Tim Hardaway. And Tim Hardaway was like, yo, just give it here. And he shot it within like half a second. Yeah, just launch it. He's, he's like, yeah. just stop the mess around. Give that here. I'll throw it over there. And we'll all go back on I, defense. I just love the read of like, hey, I can't find a good look. So I'm going to give it to this guy who isn't going to find a good look. But the thing <laughs> is, he doesn't care. <laughs> like, hey, if I can't find a good look, throw it to this guy who's satisfied with a bad one. Yes. Throw the guy who doesn't evaluate whether his look is good or not. Yeah, he's um he's a beast, man. I hope he sticks around in Dallas. Yeah, I think there's no reason why they wouldn't keep him. Um, the JJ trade was just pretty pointless. Yeah, he didn't he, want to be there. He said he was injured, but I think the whole thing it was he was upset that he wasn't traded to somewhere near his family who live in Brooklyn. So he was just like, "No, nah, I'm good." Yeah. Yeah, I think it it's a tough um it's a tough look, but it was it's in Dallas's like team motto or something to acquire as many white guys as they can, isn't it? So I understand why they made the move because they were like, Oh, we can trade James Johnson for um Nicolo Melli and JJ Reddick and we can bolster up on white shooters who struggle elsewhere. Yeah. Talking about teams that are full of white shooters, I'm trying to just think of whether Dallas could get rid of a couple of people and follow like the Utah blueprint because like I don't know trying to swing for certain stars like that's one way to do it but like who's about unless you get Bradley Beal um but like I wonder if you could go him like if you can go Doncic either Porzingis or someone who no but Porzingis isn't he's gone mate he's gone I think he should be can you get enough back for him that you end up like Doncic, a rim-running center, and three absolute killers on the three-point line. Because, like, that's what Utah run all the time. Like, it's just, you have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert running a pick-and-roll, and then they throw it. Like, they get five-on-four somehow, and then they just throw it in between Ingles, Bogdanovich, and Royce O'Neal. And it's like, hey, one of these guys is going to hit a 40%. But you like, look, KP's gone because Luke Spices KP. They just don't. <laughs> do you think they he doesn't like him, or do you think he's like? Nah, there's oh, there was some like. See, I think uh, it's I think it's the other weird. way around. There was something weird that was like, um, because someone in Spain told me about it. Uh, who was it that Doncic hit the weird like float a three point game winner? Oh, think? against Memphis. Yeah, it was. But so KP was open for free at the top the whole time. And Doncic didn't want to give him the ball out of the trap, right? And anyway, oh, Doncic good. hits it, hits the hits the game winner, puts his arms out in the air like he's um, what's his face from Wolf of Wall Street. Um, <laughs> what is the guy's name from Wolf of Wall Street? Leonardo DiCaprio. No, but the the character Jordan Belfort. That's the one. Um, I got you. And the only player who didn't run up to Doncic was Kevin Porzingis. Right, whose name is still Chris Apps at this it's point. Ke- okay, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin is, it's Kevin. Um, it should be Kevin if it's not Kevin. See, he does He does look like he could be called Kevin, to be fair. Um, yeah, but he also looks like he should work at a Chickafield. 
I think um I see I always thought it was the other way around. I thought that Pozingis was always a bit off because he was like, yo, I thought I got brought here to be option one B and not just guy who stands around the three point line, which is absolutely what he should be doing because he isn't physically up to doing anything else. But I don't think he's accepted that. Well, I think like the whole, it all stemmed from there and don't uh Porzingis probably said something along the lines of like, yo, I'm wide open, give me the ball. Yeah. Don't you just probably like, what, bro, I just hit a game winner, shut up. Um, it's that thing where it's like, hey, kicking it out to me might have been the better look here, but it's not a bad look if you make a game winner. Yeah. So yeah. yeah tough situation, man. It's a rumor. I mean, I don't actually like, I think maybe a new coach as well. Ooh, I, this was going to be my next question, man. Some, is a bit something a bit fresh there. I think like Rick Carlisle's been awesome for Dallas. Uh, obviously, bought him a title, uh, but I don't know if he can coach Doncic. You know, that's a big call, man. This this was going to be my next question because there was that when they got eliminated, there was a load of talk that was like, oh, he's not won them a playoff series since the um, we since- haven't been. Last year was the first time we've been in the playoffs, no, since... I think you Dallas had a couple of post-championship runs where they were like the sixth or seventh spot, didn't they, where it was like Dirk's last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's... I don't know, man. I think if Carlisle goes, it's one of those situations where it's like, you better hope that freshening the voices up really makes a difference because you're probably not getting any tactically better than Carlisle. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to get rid of him anytime soon because it's like, I think he's proven that he's a good coach enough to the point that if you got a new coach and you had those first three months of like the boost that every team gets from doing that where their players play harder because it's a new guy, it's like, I don't think it's worth giving up Rick Carlisle who's fairly well known as a really, really switched on guy because... I don't know, looking at the way their team was put together, I don't know if I can look at that and be like, ah, I can't believe he didn't see this in this playoff series. Like, there's not a whole lot of low-hanging fruit that he didn't pick up on, which is really, that's the only, like, inexcusable stuff as an NBA coach, because as I say, the rest of the stuff at the top of it is either a sound idea that might work out or not, like... It's like unless you're doing unless you're just not doing the stuff that's really obvious. I don't think I'm that. You say that though, but he he always came out and said we need to get Kevin Pozingas more touches of the ball, and then he's only shooting seven. Sorry, Kristaps Pozingas seven touches. (laughs) Got into my head. It's Kevin now. Come on, Kyle. We need to give KP uh, more touches of the ball. Right, guys only shooting seven shots a game. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, he's uh, a seven foot three shooting guard. Like he's not, because I don't think you should post him up either because he's not great at that. But he needs to get involved in some way. Sure. So if you're a great tactical coach, he's shooting more than seven shots a game. I think that's that is a fair point. You're finding a way to get him involved into the game. Yeah, yeah. I think my ca- my counter argument to that is is there a is there a tactically good enough coach out there who's going to come in and figure that out? Because I think that's the kind of thing where you keep Carlisle as the voice in charge and you, hire, don't... you hire a better offensive coordinator or offensive assistant and let yeah. that guy figure that out. But I don't think it's a tactical change. I think it's a man management change. Okay, fair enough. Oh, maybe. 
you're talk- you're actually I didn't think this would happen, but you're actually talking me around this Carlisle a little bit. Like how often did they run KP on the floor with Doncic off? Yeah, good point. Not very often because he played like 40 minutes a game when it came he played like 43 minutes. Yeah, okay, okay. Like Yeah, they could have built Chris Stapps up through the regular season if they were like if they did what Philly does with Tobias Harris, where it's like, look, you're not gonna be the man when Embiid's in the game, but if we put the bench on around you, go nuts for five minutes at a time. Tobias Harris would be a good fit in Dallas, actually, if he wasn't owed $500 million on that contract of his. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, who's a free agent that we could realistically get? Norman Powell would be the one for you guys. I actually think that would make a massive difference. Although he does want $20 million a year, which he's not going to get. Well, no, he is, but like, I don't think you should give him that. So right. Luke, Luca will sign his max. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. expect he's expected to sign his max. Yeah. Assuming Luca stays in Dallas, that is. Imagine Luca and Dave Lillard. Man, That'd be fun. Out of there, man. The Lillard stuff is getting out of control, man. Everyone's just decided this is one year too many, and he's leaving. It's like there's real. There's actually not many places that put him in a better situation that can get hold of him one way or another. The only way Lillard can do can get out of there is if he goes somewhere probably worse than Portland and hopes he can build them up. I saw earlier that Portland would be open to the idea of giving him to the Lakers as long as they got AD in return. That's like yeah, you would. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah. That'd be that's like the equivalent of being like, oh well, we'll trade player X if we can unfreeze Michael Jordan from his cryo chamber yeah, like prime Michael It's like, well, yeah, of course you would, but that's not happening. Man. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd probably give up my nan for AD and I don't even know the basketball team. Like. <laughs> well, just to have him. like catch Just to him. have him. Just to have him, but as your nan. Like, yeah, just, you, know, like, <laughs> you go around to AD's house and he makes your cups of tea and forces your biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, Anthony, I don't want cheese and biscuits. I'm cold, please. <laughs> You want a six foot eleven guy to be like, you'll eat and you'll be pleased about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but like, I think anyone, any team, I don't know, he's one of those players. Are, like, there's only a few players in the league right now that teams would not say no to, and Doncic is definitely one of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. AD uh, is another one, and pff, I don't know who else. That Steph maybe. Steph, you know, yeah. Steph's getting on. Maybe Trey Young with how he's playing. What about Julius Randle for Dallas? I don't think... Here's a controversial opinion. I don't think Julius Randle is good yet. <laughs> like, I could see him just being bad again next year. I I don't agree with you there, man. I gotta say. I think... He's fine. Like, I think he's I think he's all right. But I just don't... I'd Like, I don't think he's an all-star. Like, I, I actually think... I don't know if he's an all-star year after year. But I think... I messed around with the idea of McCollum for Randle. Because... I think Randall hit the same wall Pascal Siakam hit about are you just getting on a year ago in the bubble now, where it was like this guy's pretty good in the regular season, but is limit too limited to be your number one option in the playoffs. But yeah. I th- I think Randall's too limited to be your number one option. But I think Randall next to either Dame or Luca is potentially pretty dangerous. Yeah, I, I like the Randall thing, and there's Randall's contracts up or. He- can decline an extension and I don't think the Knicks are going to throw money at him based on what they've seen from him in the playoffs but I think Dallas could potentially soon but I don't know if it'll happen or not but See, I, 
it makes sense. I would like Tom Thibodeau as a Dallas coach, man. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. I uh, know I would. Can you imagine the state of KP's knees with Thibodeau coaching him and well, playing him yeah, 44 minutes and then he wouldn't be there would he? games? He wouldn't be there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was just going to mention to you guys, like, obviously, I'm in, I'm going to be, like, quarantined for, like, another four days. I might start, like, a, a new season with Dallas to try and rebuild them, and see who I can oh, pick dear, up. Man. That's great. And, and let you know and see who I can pick up. Uh, I try to stream it as well, but the streams, it's, maybe it'll stream my PS4 better than Call of Duty, but earlier was a bit of a nightmare. Fair enough. Other than the fact I nearly went topless and... <laughs> Showed all, showed all three of my viewers my horrific belly button. <laughs> Guess so. If that's not getting you unsubscribes, I don't know what will. Uh, it might, it might, might boost them. You never know. In a get very up. specific part of the get, internet. Get up, get off streaming, dude, and get yourself an OnlyFans account. You'll be laughing. Wow. Well, Lee and I thought about it. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Considering Lee showed us his foot in the corner of your screen oh, a minute ago, no. I don't think Lee should be getting an OnlyFans account anytime soon. <laughs> right, we're, we're uh, that's that's definitely being point. edited out. That's <laughs> it. Like, stop there. This is it's a, over. Nothing's being edited, man. This is all staying together. We'll put an explicit flag on it. Um, right, last couple of NBA thoughts. We'll quiz you on there. Considering how the Clippers went small and switched everything against Luca. What does it make you feel like to watch that they've tried the same approach with Donovan Mitchell? And Donovan Mitchell's like, you do realize you guys who are all switching against me are all slower than me, right? Yeah. Have you watched any of the Utah? Oh, who, um, oh my God. Someone played for the Clippers. Uh, like, was it last night or the night before against Utah? I was like, I didn't even know they played for uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he may as well not have he was just in there to be like hey you're about as big as Rudy can you go in and piss him off <laughs> yeah you know what like because in my bracket I had us beating Clippers at six and then beating Utah at five I retract that statement you know, Utah are good man the Utah more, are really good the more I watch them the more convinced I am I, it just saddens me that it probably means that Brooklyn are going to win it all now uh, yeah I I've been trying to not accept that reality, but I feel like it's it's coming. Because I feel like Clippers are the only team that could stop them. I thought my money was on Milwaukee to give them a hard time, and that obviously hasn't panned out. Well, <laughs> well, no, because... Milwaukee gave them a hard time and limited them to 83 points, but they made the game look awfully difficult themselves. Well, <laughs> score. Yeah, like they had the like the worst shooting night they've had. Like that's... 40 points less than they normally score in an NBA yeah. game on average, and they lost by like two. Yeah. <laughs> it's um yeah, I I don't know, man. I think it's interesting because I think the to get to your points point about the Nets, the Nets defensive survival tactic is to switch everything, right? And the Clippers have tried the same thing against Utah and they've been like, hey, we'll just switch everything and if we have a quicker guy defending Rudy Gobert, it doesn't matter because Gobert is not going to post them up and we can switch out to Donovan Mitchell. And it's turned out that it doesn't matter how much quicker than Rudy Gobert you are, you're still slower than Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. So if, if we get a Utah Nets finals, I honestly don't chalk the Nets up to win it as much as I would have done even a couple of days ago. Because Utah, I don't think anyone can stop them from scoring. I really, no. I really Especially don't. Especially not a team that 
isn't going to be able to chase people around or isn't going to have the effort required to chase people around because it's like it's one pick and roll and six passes until they find a perfect three yeah. and they'll just they'll they'll do it every time is the thing it's not like the occasional highlight of like ping 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 corner three joe Ingles. it's like they'll legitimately like 70 percent of the offenses they run yeah. will end up of them being like here's a good look from a guy who shoots 46 percent from this line <laughs> like yeah it's nuts it is nuts, man. And I, I guarantee you as well that going into that series, Bo- Bojan Bogdanovic thinks he's better than Kevin Durant. He's like, look, oh, man. Sure. He's like, I grew up in Croatia. I was Kevin Durant in Croatia. <laughs> I'm not what having I, any of this real Kevin Durant stuff. What I really want to see is like Joe Ingles. Okay, no one can stop Kevin Durant physically, but can you just annoy him enough? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, PJ Tucker tried it last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like oh. you can't, you can't like intimidate Kevin Durant because he just doesn't care enough. Like Kevin Durant's yeah. gotten to the point where he's just letting letting stuff fly on Twitter. Kevin Durant is no longer. Kevin Durant's like, don't worry, bro. My burner account will get later. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he's hey, stopped. Like he's just letting it fly on his own Twitter account now. Like Kevin Durant has reached a level of not caring that no one gets to, and I love yeah. it. But it's a dangerous thing for a basketball game. Two two thoughts on the stuff we've just talked about. A Joe Ingles against the Clippers, when him and Luke Kennard guard each other, it's like they're looking at each other through some mirror that shows you the future slash past. And secondly, have you guys seen when they rebooted Godzilla about five or six years ago? Um, with, uh, with Heisenberg and Brian uh, Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston and your woman from Stranger Things and Kyle Chandler for some reason. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. The, well, how how the whole storyline around that is that like Godzilla's this pre-existing force, and every time the world gets a bit out of whack, he like comes and stomps on everything and sets things back to normal. And there's like all this storyline around the current playoffs about how it's the new blood breaking through. And every now and then, Kevin Durant is like, "Hey, I'm the previous generation Godzilla, and I'm just gonna come and light fire to everything for like 12 minutes, and then go and sit down again." It's a forced metaphor, but I see it when I watch it happening. Um, I'm with you, man. It's just the movie was terrible. Yeah, the movie wasn't great, but I appreciated. Like I appreciated the principle. Um, I think that covers us for NBA stuff. Unless you guys have got anything else that needs shouting about. I don't think so. I actually quite like your metaphor because it, it's just fun to be like. Did you see Kevin Durant come off breaking his? like breaking his whole lower body apart and then coming back and be like, no, I can still just do whatever I want. (laughs) Yeah, that's basically it. Okay, Ben. So last thing before we hit questions, we are, well, we're basically going to give you a couple of minutes platform to tell us what you're doing gaming wise, where you're looking to take this thing. If you're going to be flashing anybody anymore based on today's episodes, (laughs) So what's the um, what's the future for kind of your Fox 23 gaming or bench units gaming or whatever umbrella this all falls under? Um, I really like it's just a bit of a laugh at the moment. So if I'm ever streaming on Twitch, it will just purely be for a laugh. Um, sure. Try and keep it all PC and very <laughs> non-offensive to anyone watching. Yeah, you save the offensive stuff when you come on with us and you get yeah. all the stuff down there. <laughs> hey, it's not under my name. I don't care. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah. So if I'm ever streaming uh, Call of Duty or anything, that's just for fun. 
Um, with you guys, I mean, we, we've got two very clear series now in teammates and pack and pray. Sure. Which one? The first one's just come out, hasn't it? Yeah, first one's uh, on YouTube now for anyone who's listening. Yeah, like I think the way forward is just to try and expose it as much as possible. Um, try and make some money for charity. I know one charity is really keen to to um, work with us and boost our profile. I don't know how much streaming I'm going to be able to do uh, over the next couple of days, um, but we'll definitely get some... I can, I've bought my game recorder so we can record some videos off stream and then I can put it all together. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it'll keep us... Uh, James, I don't know if you've got your PlayStation, but it'll keep you entertained. Uh, I don't. You left it in Spain? Yes. Uh, it's coming home eventually, but not yet. I think I didn't have enough room to take it back, so I, it'll be coming back with Anna. Mine was, already the, first, be mine was the first thing I packed. <laughs> Straight into my hand luggage, first thing. Beautiful. Reminds me of the time, I think, when we went to... Was it when we went to Kyushu, James? And I, yeah. I took my Xbox because we'd done it for the Spain trip and I hauled it in my hand luggage all the way to Japan to find out the power outlets were different and my uh, Xbox didn't. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, is, that is Spain without a yes. Sore back for days, man. But yeah, uh-huh. you're, um, for people who haven't checked it out yet, um, get on Ben's Twitch stream because, it te- well, to be fair, it tends to mostly be us and Lee and Harry occasionally pops up in the chat and stuff, but... Yeah, it's cool, man. It's a good watch. And there's always a lot of fun going on in the chat, pinging about. And yeah, check out our YouTube videos if you haven't done so already. Yeah, that's pretty much it, to be honest with you. I mean, it's not really much more. Wicked. Also, crucially, if you like it and you know someone else, I'm not going to be like, share it, read it, blah, blah, blah. No, but you you should. Yeah, you should. But also, (laughs) if you know... No, but you should. You should yeah. that's that's exactly what you should be like. You should be doing it, but also like if you know someone else who you think ah they might like this, tell them to listen, tell them to watch. You know what? If you, if you listen to this and you're gonna watch if, if you watch it for 30 seconds, by the way, we get a view. So if you're gonna watch it and you listen to this, watch it for 30 seconds. And if you only want to watch it for 30 seconds, make sure you watch the last 30 seconds because it's just James ranting about oh, you're going to do the YouTube stuff where you're like, ooh, like, subscribe. And he just rants for about 45 seconds. Uh-huh. And it's just, it is just comedy because there's no <laughs> basketball being played. It's just a blank screen of James ranting. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. So go and check that out. It's what I've always wanted. My uh, my neurotic rants to just be isolated on yeah. as many media forms as possible. <laughs> I'm trying to take over. I might start doing it in print soon. Just... So what I found out from this is I spent approximately eight hours editing the videos for James not to even want to share it. <laughs> oh, Sorry, Benji. He's I've, had a, I've had a weird couple of days, mate. It's all right, mate. Haven't we? I'll, cool. I'll, I'll share it the second we get off here. Don't worry. Fair enough. So yeah, chat. Do you want to tell everybody your Twitch channel name before we hit questions? Uh, the Twitch is foxb 23 and our YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter is all bench units, I believe. Hey, we got him well-trained, haven't we? And if you happen to stumble across our YouTube, make sure you drop a like on all the videos and subscribe because it's free and it helps us out. And that is the morally correct thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you ever think it's funny that if you look up our YouTube channel, you have to wade through a load of people putting IKEA furniture? Yeah, bro, it's my dream. I could be on both channels. I'm gonna say (laughs) we've been through this on the uh, previous iteration of the podcast, but flat pack kids Ben's other passion, isn't it? I've already got the 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 YouTube chat. Flat packing with Carol would be my (laughs) Carol's flat packs. I I can't tell you how much I wouldn't like and subscribe to that, but. (laughs) <laughs> tell tell Carol to get on with it if she feels like it. Is Lee still Lee? Still Come on, Mum. We're going to show you our flat packs. <laughs> Lee can join us for questions because we only got a handful. I don't know what he's doing. He's led on his, but I think he's just woken up. No, 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 no. You're going to join. You're going to join oh, us for questions, Lee. He's joining. He's just stumbling over to his computer. He's unmuted now. Uh, yeah, I'm here. What do you want? Wicked. First of all. <laughs> what? <laughs> Officially, welcome back, man. Congratulations at Copa del Rey. And even more impressively than actually winning it, congratulations on predicting the entire outcome of the tournament on the last episode we did. Except Valladolid over Malaga. I uh, think. Come, come on, man. That one doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Malaga didn't play. You can't blame me for Malaga not playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, you're, you're right there. I remember being like, come on, guys. <laughs> Right. Um, should we hit questions then? Okay. There aren't a whole lot. There's, a, there's only Are a there couple. ever a whole lot? Yeah, we get quite. They're mostly from Ari a lot of the time. But Oh, well, you should have, you should have said Lee was up. We did last time. We got loads of questions from Ari. No, it's um, always a suspicious amount of them are from people that I live with and my dad doesn't know how podcasts work and that's where I have <laughs> So He also has a real job. Yeah, fair point. Um, okay, so first up, courtesy of Neil Pratt, wants to know, Ben, are you now the default net cutter after a tournament win? Bro, I can't... I, I can hear myself through someone. Wait, hang on. Is that you? That's weird. No, you're fine. I can... Okay, I can't hear myself. No, I can't hear myself. I don't know. I can hear myself now, which is weird. It's, okay. anyway. it's not that. It's, it's, um, it's not an issue. No, I can't tell you how bloody scared I am of heights. <laughs> Honestly, like, I'm petrified. Like, I know it's only 10 foot, but if I fall on my head, I'm dead, right? Yeah. So, true. I was so scared, and I was like, guys, let me just use the ladder. And they were like, no, 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 you got to get up there. So I got up there, and Lee had to, like, hold my leg, because I was, like, shaking, like, like a, like a, like a dog... <laughs> Defecating in the forest. I was shaking. <laughs> I was shaking. That's that. I put that the nicest way I could without swearing. Oh, well. um, I, it was it was, a, it was horrible, man. But if you cut the net down, it means you win, right? So I kind of want to be, but also don't want to be. Yeah. See, I, I assumed they'd done it with you because I think people try and do it with Lowe's when they think they're light enough to just hoist up there, but also Lowe's trying to like clamber around on top of the basket is painful to watch. So I wonder. Are we, we tried to put Oscar up there, but he didn't have any hands to like hold the basket. So, yeah, this is what I don't get. Like, you have two double amputees, and you ended up there. Was Harry just <laughs> not fast? Or... Harry never wants to do it. Harry oh. literally, sorry, champion. Harry never, never wants to do it. And I tried with Oscar, and even me holding him dead uh, straight above my head, he still couldn't bloody reach the ring. But also, <laughs> like, he can't use scissors. Is the other thing? Yeah, <laughs> no. I just had pictures of him like gnawing the net away. <laughs> I- <laughs> I remember when um, when it was the 
the Euro Cup at the AIS and I got hoisted on top of the basket. I don't know who did it, but someone handed me the worst pair of scissors I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> They'd obviously just been like pulled out of the desk drawer at reception after having not been used forever. I had to give every single fiber of the net like 35 snips before oh, it break. Mate. I was like, man, I look so disabled up here. It's unreal. I used physio scissors, man. They, they were terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? I thought they'd be good. Oh, like, oh, I don't know. I was scared, man. I'm looking forward to when somebody somebody's so sure that they're going to win a tournament that they show up with like bolt cutters in their backpack that's, or, that's or what like I was gonna gar- say. garden like, shears or something. Yeah, like top six teams at each tournament should bring garden shears. <laughs> or IWBF should bring garden but do, shears. Do you know what's hilarious about it? Go on. What? Amia bought new nets for the tournament and put them up on Thursday. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and they got cut down. And there is a guy who always comes around and changes the net. So at least he's in a job for another week. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. wonder you said about having a, not having had the best season in the world, man. You're, that guy will be like, I'll tell you what, I don't get called out much these days. <laughs> Come on, man. Twice in a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ayaka asked a similar question and said at Euros 2019, you were scared of cutting the net sitting on the hoop, but you managed to do it well at Copa del Rey. So I guess you... I See, I had it hey. chalked up to your fear of flying, but maybe it's just a heights thing. No, it is it's most definitely a heights thing, bro. Okay. I'm not scared of trains. Trains could still crash and kill you. <laughs> like, Irrelevant, but okay. It's most definitely the falling that I'm scared of. Right. Okay. Yeah, to be fair, if your train's as high up as a plane, you're probably going to have some issues. <laughs> yeah. Why is this turned into a therapy session? Yeah. This is not therapy. This is me being like, ooh, everything's dangerous. <laughs> okay. That's just how my brain works. Last one then, also from Ayaka. If you had to body swap with a teammate from Amiab, who would it be and why? I don't know. It's Lee because he's massive. How do I answer that? I don't know. Think about who you'd like to body swap with and then tell us. <laughs> Shall I tell you what I think? Go on. I think mine would be Kyle because it would be incredibly insightful to see how slash why it is easier to shoot with less fingers. Oh, do I get all their attributes? Well, I guess you so, get yeah. to be them. Yeah. Oh, if I get to be them. Ali, because he looks a bit like Manu Ginobili. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Ali. Ali, because also he's like, I love him. Fair enough. Uh, he's the he's he's like, yeah. If he did have a wife. <laughs> That's weird. And on that note, right, we'll Thanks wrap up, it. Boys. It's we'll been a wrap it up. This has been fun, man. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Um, Lee, oh. che- cheers for. Whatever this was, clinging on. He said about. He said about. Hey, um, uh, well, it's because I didn't want to jump in. I'm like, I've ju- I was just um, occupying my boredom by listening. Fair enough. Well, well I, you're gonna listen when we upload this, so it actually counts. No, mate. No, no one less view, mate. I've got it here. I, I'm gonna have yeah. one. I'm gonna have one extra listen from a separate device to account for this listen of Lee's. Right. We'll leave you guys to quarantining then. Thank you. Hope it goes well. Enjoy your hotel room, both of you. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Take it easy. Bye, guys. Bye.